hidethingmedia.com. The network, oh, without constraints. Hi everybody, welcome to Wrong Term Memory. My name is Jack. And my name's Colin, and it's good to be back on the show. Just the two of us, Jack, we've been a bit of different sorts of shows the last couple of weeks, but today kind of back to kind of vintage Wrong Term Memory, just you and me shooting the shit for an hour. Yeah, that is it, but it might not be an hour today. I need to rush off pretty soon, but we will get we'll get a show out for sure. And today it's going to be kind of facts. Like, today I learned, basically. And hopefully you'll listen and you'll learn a few things. We're here to educate as well as entertain. Is that right? <laughs> um, I no. think it's certainly <laughs> the mission statement. Whether we do it or not remains to be seen, but it's, it's the plan. And um, Speaking of plans, we've got some... Some other exciting plans afoot, don't we? Well, that's it. Most of you will know that Apple have launched a subscription service, and this might seem like a massive money grab, but it's a small price. We're going to put some stuff behind a paywall on Apple. Basically, we're going to be with you five days a week if you decide to subscribe for two fifty a month, I think. Um, we will release bonus material Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So we'll be in New Year's five days a week. If you wish to partake in that, you'll get a two-week free trial of it to sort of see what the content is, see if you're interested in it. And then at the end, if you want to subscribe, you just click that button. And it helps us, again, cover costs, cover hosting, blah, blah, blah. We spoke about this before. So um, if you enjoy what we're doing and you want four days of bonus content, 250 a month, it's not a lot, man. It's a pint. It's a coffee. Not even a coffee. So um, we would be very much obliged if you click that little button. If you're not on that Apple uh, that's like Spotify's fault or Google Podcasts or whatever it is you use. They're going to catch up soon enough, but um, unfortunately, you won't be able to access that at the moment. Uh, tough. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're not on Apple, I don't really want you listening anyway. Um, drift be told. Um, <laughs> just, just to be totally clear, what we're doing as well, we're not going to be delivering um, five-hour-long episodes a week or anything like that. What we're going to yeah. do is just give you extra content snippets, little highlights of stuff that didn't make the main show, um, maybe some bloopers, some extra content if we, talk, if we start talking about facts or things we find amusing. We'll hold some of them back and reserve them for the additional content. So you'll be getting kind of bite-sized snippets and little bonus tidbits each day rather than full-length shows, mainly because we're not mental and we both have day jobs to do as well. Yeah, that is it, that is it. Like I say, today we're going to try and learn some things together. I pulled this together, Colin. I don't know if you've read any of the stuff, so maybe you'll learn some things as well. I've not read a single thing today, actually, so I'm going to this totally blind. Right, OK, we'll, start to, we'll just take one each, but, and we'll, we'll see where it takes us. So today I learned that Shrek uh, was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically... Or aesthetically significant. You're a fan of Shrek? I'm actually not, you know. Um, never did it for me. Um, didn't I like? I do like a film of that ilk, the odd cartoon, the odd um, animation sort of thing. But Shrek never done it for me at all. Um, no, no, not fun. Nah, not really. Can't. I think I saw the first one. Didn't bother with any of the rest of them. But nah, it didn't do it for me at all. What about you? Yeah, I'm a, in a similar boat. I am a fan of some of the. I don't know if it was Pixar Studios or if it was another place. I'm not sure, but those type of films, I can get behind some of them. Quite like the Monsters, Inc. Finding Nemo was okay. Toy Story's obviously got its highlights. But yes, Shrek, I think I have watched the first one as well, mate, and that was about it. 
I had a pal years ago who, I don't know if you've got any pals that do this, impressions, like a lot, like, oh, like, cracking lines from films, and they're generally not bad at doing accents, like, everybody compared to me is not bad at doing accents, but I used to have a pal that, and that's kind of, not all he would do, but it was like, part of his gig, you know, it was like he would turn up. And he loved doing that fucking donkey guy because it was so easy just to shout loudly and pretend to be Scottish Eddie Murphy or whatever, I don't know. So that maybe put me off. That was pretty non-stop. You should do Cartman a lot as well. It's like fucking sharp. This guy says he's the most annoying guy in the world. I've not spoken to him in a long time, to be fair. <laughs> years and years. And then I, I don't know if it was just that, but yeah, that was part of his whole gig. Anybody like that? Like, do you know? Um, I can't actually think him did it. That I know, to be fair, no. Like, I, I know people that do the odd impression, but I don't know MD whose pop culture references now are still Donkey from Shrek and Cartman. Um, oh, I don't know from that, I think. Yeah, like, I have got, like, quote blindness. I can watch a film, really enjoy it multiple times. And I still can't quote from it, like, it always happens in group chats, for example, where that'll start bouncing about, people will be quoting lines from films, and I'm just sitting there, like, (laughs) unless I went and Googled something and cut and pasted it, there's no chance that I'm remembering what somebody said in a film, no matter how many times I've watched it. Probably says more about my memory. Yeah, I mean, there are some people that do seem to be able to do that for so many films. Um, I think I can do it for Anchorman, I can do it for the original Austin Powers. And I can probably do every line in Titanic, probably. But other than that, nah, I don't remember stuff like that. Um, but just the three main ones. Other than that, I don't have that sort of memory either, really. Yeah. Shut your whore mouth. That seems to ring a bell. Or go back to your that's home on Whore Island. Is that <laughs> yeah. Man? yeah. You yeah, smelly pirate hooker. Yeah. There they are. So, <laughs> I actually done not bad, though. I done not bad. Yeah, I, managed to get, I managed to get one. What is the next one? Colin. The next one, um, Stella learned that slaveholders in the US knew that enslaved people were escaping the US and going to Mexico. So the US tried to get Mexico to sign a fugitive slave treaty, but Mexico refused to sign such a treaty, insisting that all enslaved people were free once they set foot on Mexican soil. So, good old Mexico. Yeah, good for the, That's well, good for the Mexicans, yes. I didn't put that in on purpose. I know you love America and everybody knows that you love America, but Honestly, it wasn't in there. Um, on purpose, yeah, but. that is the first negative thing I've ever suggested in print about America, actually. It's mad, um, isn't it? So, uh-huh. yeah, it's, it just shows that even the most amazing things in the world do have a odd negative thing about them. Um, yes. President of the USA is in the UK today, Jack. Um, he arrived um, in Cornwall late, like late yesterday afternoon. Um, okay. He's meeting the Prime Minister today, as we record, on Thursday, uh, discussing my holiday and just making sure it all happens in the end of August, the start of September. Oh, you got a direct yeah, line to old times. Joe? Old Joe, yeah. I, I sent my tweet yesterday and a Facebook message uh, just to undermine how important my holiday is. So I'm hoping yeah. he's taking it on board and he is doing the needful, as they say in the business world. Yeah, the whole Twitter thing, like, obviously Donald Trump sort of took that over as the... Did, did he tweet from the, the POTUS account or his personal account most he of got, the time? He got, he got given the POTUS one originally. And then he stopped using it and just used his own Donald Trump account. 
is old Joe posting. Well, Joe's not obviously posting from there. He fucking doesn't know what a keyboard is, bro. <laughs> He's still taken aback by fucking landline phones, man. <laughs> but um, he's, he's actually quite prolific or else his team or anyway on Twitter. Like, I went yesterday to find out if he was in the UK yet because I wanted to retweet him and he had like five or six tweets while he was flying. So he's obviously got good Wi-Fi on Air Force One. Yeah, that is it. Do you know that Air Force One isn't one plane? No, there's a few of them, isn't there? Yeah, it's just whatever plane he's on. Yeah. Then called Air Force One. Um, What I found quite interesting was that he obviously flew over on Air Force One uh, yesterday. However, last week, they flew another plane with his own helicopter on it so that when he got here, his helicopter was ready for him. Because so helicopters obviously, obviously can't fly for that long. Is that something that they can't? Yeah, do? you couldn't. You couldn't fly a helicopter that length of time. No, run out of fuel. Um, but it must be some size of plane that you can get a helicopter in it. Um, yeah, I've only ever seen those planes so, in sort of action films where they like fall out the back and shit like that. And like, <laughs> Fast and the Furious or something like that. It's like, no. Yeah, something ridiculous like that was like a car dangling off of a chain and shit, and somebody's in it. Yeah, that's not something I've ever seen those massive ones. Yeah, I saw a mad thing once. It was on. It was a documentary about. I think it was either Stansted Airport or Heathrow Airport or something like that, and they were showing you, it was either all the EasyJet or all the Ryanair aeroplanes, and basically they do everything to make as much money as possible, right? So these aeroplanes fly up and down, say, from London to Glasgow all day long. They would do eight trips back and forth, right? The last trip of the day, they arrive in Glasgow at 10 o'clock at night. A team goes right into that plane and takes every single seat out of it. All the seats get taken out overnight. And that plane gets filled with post in the Royal Mail. And they fly that plane down to London with all the night's post on it. They unpack all the post, fly it back, get the seats back into it. And it starts its journeys again the next day with passengers. It's literally never out there, the planes. It was mad. And then see how quickly they can just lift the the chairs from the plane. And it becomes a cargo plane rather than a passenger plane overnight, basically. Right, okay. So is that another money in there then for these... Oh, aye, it just keeps that, keeps that plane in the air doing more work, doesn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, because there always used to be that sort of rumour that, like, if there was unsold seats in a plane, you could, like, offer a fiver. And <laughs> they would, like, accept it because it's better to sell a seat for a fiver than not sell it at all or whatever. Not quite that, but it, something along those lines that you would get cheap stuff. But um, I don't know anybody that ever got really, really like, flights are really cheap if you go with these people anyway, you know. Yeah. Last time I went on a flight, I think, return flights for me and Karen to, I must think, Poland, maybe. 60 quid each or something. Like quid to send back. It's, it's amazing when you think about it. It's really good. I've been on a flight before that was overbooked, and they were asking people to volunteer to go into the next flight and offering you money to do it. How much money did you do it? Uh, I didn't do it because it was a Orlando to New York flight. And it would have messed up our connection to get from New York to Glasgow. But I'm sure they would offer something like $250 each to basically get a plane an hour later. So I would totally have done that. Yeah, I would um, have done it. But you need to connect. Uh, yeah. It would just it would have messed up our connection too much. Mm. Um, but I was quite surprised. There wasn't a huge amount of people in the queue volunteering to do it. I was surprised because $500 for the two of us to sit in the airport for an extra hour. It's an absolute no-brainer. Yeah, I just assume that we're staying in America for this next one. Um, today I learned that a fan drove for three hours to deliver a rapper called Boozy Badass. You ever heard of him? I haven't. No, I, I want to though. Boozy Badass. Yes. Yeah. Um, she delivered a much-needed dosage of insulin. 
Um, she then refused to take any payment and instead just asked for a photo. On her way home, stopped at a store, bought a wee scratch card and won ten grand. There you are. A little bit nice of good, story, isn't it? a little bit of niceness there. Yes, a little bit of good karma. Getting is there a is there a celebrity jack that you would drive three hours there and three hours back to do a good turn for? No, probably not. <laughs> not a single person. Oh, like that's right. Um, like if they're going to die, like if it's like I was the only person that could do it, and it was going to be on me that they were going to die. Then probably maybe I probably <laughs> yeah I'd probably do that from nearly nearly anybody. In that situation, like, I'm going to die. You're the one single person that can save me. If you just get in the motor and drive for three hours, yeah, I would probably do it then. But I wouldn't go out my way to do it for anybody. No, like if somebody else could do it, <laughs> basically. Well, that's, that's a good honest answer. Yeah. Uh, um, like I was going to like kind of cool and go like, yeah, like, like Rihanna or Beyonce or something. But like, why? Like, <laughs> like exactly. I'm going to get them. I'm not going to shake me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> stop liking and retweeting that. You end up more going to shake you. This next one takes us uh, to Australia. Um, in 1980, a dingo, which always makes me laugh because it's a stupid word. Um, a dingo ate an Australian couple's baby. <laughs> Well, camping. <laughs> um, why are we laughing at this? Causing the mother to be sentenced to life in prison for murder. Three years later, the baby's clothes were found near a dingo lair. So, yeah. oh, a dingo ate an Australian couple's baby while they were camping. Yeah, the mother claimed that's what happened. Yeah, the mother claimed, oh, a dingo ate my baby. Uh, and like, oh, wait a fucking minute. A dingo did not eat your baby. You murdered your baby and buried it. She got put in jail and then they found the baby's clothes and she got let out three years later. Oh, yeah. she definitely killed that man. That person <laughs> will get in the blame. Poor, poor Dingo. Um, this is yeah. one that you probably know. Dingo McCann, carry on. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, this is one you probably know because it's to do with Apple. And Steve Wozniak basically has a massive disdain for money and massive wealth accumulation. In 2017 he said he didn't want to be near money. And because it could corrupt your values, basically. And when Apple went public, wasn't he offered 10 million of his stock to early Apple employees? And something Jobs refused to do. Yeah, he's a bit of a maniac, as was. Um, he, he was obviously there at the start, it was him and, him and Steve in the garage. That and that, third, and that poor third guy that no cunt remembers his name. Uh, I don't remember. He wasn't previous. Just, he was going out and getting the takeaway and the burgers and that. Okay. Um, but I was is one of these guys that's, he's, very not money orientated. He doesn't. He looks like a a badly bag of washing when you see him. He's got a big messy beard. Um, he looks a bit like you know the guy who writes Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, Tolkien. Uh, no yeah. Tolkien. A Martin. R. R. Martin. Yeah. R. R. Martin. Yeah, kind of like it looks a bit across between him and Mick Foley. Just doesn't give a fuck. Um, and he's just not interested in the money. He's been quite critical of Apple over the years as well. Doesn't like some of the way they've moved and. Some of their practices and stuff like that. He says it's not really the same as the company he set up. Yeah. Um, but the, the company he set up wasn't the most successful and biggest company in the world, so he needs to fucking get a grip of it. But he gave away so much shares and so much fortune just out of, I don't know, I suppose, I don't know why he done it. Like, it, it's so alien to me, Jack. I'll never understand somebody that's so principled about something like that that they'll just walk away from literally hundreds of millions of dollars. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. Seth Rogen starred him in that film. He was quite good as him, to be fair. Yeah, he was quite, 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 quite good as him in that one. Um, yeah. But I was as a strange old guy. 
Now, this is one for you as well, because this is something that you have watched and I have not. Uh, yeah, so this is, this is that. When filming the TV series The Mandalorian in 2019, the crew ran out of Stormtrooper costumes, so they reached out to the local branch of a Star Wars fan organisation whose members came to join the filming in their own homemade Stormtrooper costumes. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. We've, we've got a friend who's um and eyeing at the moment. He has been for about a year about buying a Stormtrooper costume. Um, I think it costs about a £1,000. It's a proper, really, really good one. Right. And he's been trying to justify it to himself for a while. Um, There's no justification for it. No, there isn't. It's not. It's mental. Mm-hmm. Um, Mandalorian's really, really good. You've not watched that at all, have you? No, it doesn't tickle my fancy. I don't have Disney+. Plus. I've not took the trial or anything like that, so no, yeah. not engaged oh, with it. It's, it's very, very good. I like Star Wars. I, I went my whole life and didn't watch Star Wars, Jack. I watched Star Wars for the first time mm-hmm. about five years ago after kind of laughing at people that liked Star Wars. And I absolutely loved it. Like, just got totally bought into it straight away. Um Love it, obviously, apart from like the those three shitty movies they made. Didn't like them, obviously. But I would probably say that Mandalorian's the best thing I've ever done. It's the most fun you'll get mm-hmm. watching Star Wars. It's, it's great. Really, really good TV. Talking about good TV, this wasn't fun. I don't watch a lot of TV, but the other night decided I'd been doing a lot of work, so decided to pop down and garner some attention on Karen. Decided to watch some TV and we put on Time with Sean Bean and Stephen Graham, a three-part BBC series about a guy that gets put in jail, basically. It's fucking brilliant. It's the best TV that I've watched, and I've not watched a lot of TV in years, but it's the best. It's kind of up there as a, like a short series, like three hours, basically, and couldn't not watch all of it from start to finish. Absolutely fantastic. So I'd highly recommend that to anybody if they've got three hours to swear, because once you start that first episode, you won't turn it off. We watched all three episodes last night. Um, it's really good. Uh, I'd agree with you. It's one of the best kind of UK things I've seen in a long time. It's up there, probably Chernobyl, in terms of a really good miniseries that's been out. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Um, I enjoyed Chernobyl Stephen, as well. Stephen Graham's just fantastic in it as he is in everything. But even Sean Bean was really, really good. Um, and you do watch Sean Bean, you go right, he's going to die. So you've got that in your mind the whole time, and you just need to watch it and see what happens to the guy. But it's really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed like, it. The first first two episodes very hard hitting, you know, a lot of like very hard hitting stuff. And then the sort of third episode I was holding back tears five times in about twenty minutes, man. It just kept getting sort of worse. Yeah, there's a there's a scene in that third episode where you think something's happening and it gets pulled away at the last minute and it's it's awful. It's awful. Um I'll tell you one thing though, like, this isn't a spoiler, the guy goes into jail because he, he kills somebody while drink driving. Um, it just shows you, like, how quickly your life can become fucked. And I was never going to drink drive anyway, but that's probably the greatest advert for not drink driving I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, if that can happen to you, because I don't know about you, Jack, you'd, you would probably last a few days longer than me. No. I would not last a night in that place. I would not last a night. No, that's absolutely horrible. Yeah, yeah. Don't drink drive. You might uh, hurt somebody, kill somebody, and get put in jail for four years and get heavy fucked up. Um, yep. Great, great time. It's called go and watch it. 
Today I learned that Texas uh, didn't have any safety regulations on natural gas until a school blew up and killed hundreds of children. Nobody was held accountable with the past strict regulations afterwards. It was so bad that even Hitler sent a letter of condolence to Texas. It was that bad. Fucking hell. Fucked up, mate. <laughs> yeah. He's alone. He's a, he's a, he wasn't a stranger to a can of gas, Sam. He was um, not, no. Fucking hell. Wow, that's absolutely crazy. <laughs> it's a bit wild, that one, yeah. It really is. Um, moving Hello friends, Colin here, the looks, the charm and the brains behind Runtown Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate Life is a little bit shit just now, and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people, then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory, and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad-free, and lots of bonus content. On to the next one. Um, Pope Benedict Sixteenth, I believe, um, resigned in 2013, but he announced it in Latin. One reporter got the scoop, <laughs> scoop about the Pope, <laughs> the scoop about the <laughs> and he broke the story because sorry they broke the story because they understood Latin. Many other reporters had to wait for official translations. So that's that's fucking hard, annoying, like. man. And it's like fucking annoying. Like why is he doing it in Latin? Don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah, speaks Latin. Come on. <laughs> Nobody speaks but, Latin. It's not taught anywhere. <laughs> it's a dead language. Fucking idiot. Yeah, but that guy did understand it and he fucked off and got the scoop got and inverted, inverted commas. Now, I think a lot of people will know that Friends, uh, the cast of Friends, ended up making a million dollars per episode in the final sort of two seasons. But I only found out today that they make 20 million per year each just on reruns. Yeah. I didn't know that. And the show still generates one billion, one billion, uh, dollars a year for Warner Brothers. It's all thanks to David Schwimmer, who sort of encouraged them to negotiate as a team, basically, and stick together. But I didn't know about the rerun stuff, still making that that amount of money off of it. Did not know that it's, at all. If a show gets to 100 episodes, basically, as soon as you hit 100 episodes of a show, it opens you up to syndication, um, which means it can go all around the world and get played forever, because you can play that Monday to Friday, and it'll last all year. You can just do it once a week, and it'll last for two years. It's just... And a hundred episodes is kind of golden nugget that opens you up to all these other markets, basically. And if you get there, and it's a decent enough show, it's just money guaranteed every single year. It's amazing. Mm. Um, it's it's been what sixteen years I think since that show finished. Something like that, yeah. I watched the reunion the other week with Lisa, and it was it was actually quite good. I wasn't a massive Friends fan. I liked it at the time. I don't. I'm over it now. But the reunion was quite good, seeing them all. Um, but the fact that they could all just sit at home and do nothing now and still bring that money in every year is sickening, isn't it? Yeah, I was a big Friends fan, but again, like, I won't get my way to watch it nowadays, but I was a massive, massive Friends fan. I've seen these trips with three or four times, but yeah, so I passed it now. And yeah, that's um, good for them, I suppose. Another guy that made a lot of money, Steven Spielberg, mate. So at the age of 17, Steven Spielberg directed a sci-fi film called Firelight, 
the budget was $500 and it was shown at a local cinema. 500 people came along and the tickets cost a dollar each. However, one person paid $2. So the movie um, made a dollar and it was Spielberg's first commercial success. Um, I don't think it's available to watch anywhere, is it? Firelight? Never heard of it. But to get 500 people to turn up to a cinema for a film made by a 17-year-old. It's quite good going. He'd be quite popular in school to make that happen, I think. He doesn't look... I don't know. Maybe I'm just passing aspersions. He doesn't look like he would have been the most popular kid in school. I don't know. Maybe... Are you basing that on what he looks like now or what he might have looked like when he was at school? Maybe he's quite a cool guy at school. Yeah, sort of what he looks like now and then just sort of working backwards from that. Yeah. I'm going to Google what Steven Spielberg looked like as a teenager. Yeah, you do that and I will speak about the Japanese man who noticed food disappearing in his fridge yeah. up a security camera, yeah. And found that a homeless woman living um, and basically in the top compartment of his closet <laughs> and had been there for one one full year. So yeah, she'd been sneaking out of a compartment no bigger than a person basically. She'd been staying there for a year, just lying there in silence, and then eating all his food. <laughs> That's absolutely bonkers. It's better than that film Parasite, isn't it? Um, I've not seen Parasite. But oh, mate, you need to see Parasite. It's amazing. Not a horror fan. It's not really a horror film. Right, Surely okay. not. It's just, there's no monsters. No. Yeah, there's no monsters. There's no scary stuff. It's just it's a horror in terms of what happens to these people, but there's not there's nothing supernatural or googly googly or anything like that. Okay. Um, Steven Spielberg's quite a good looking man when he was younger oh there we are nice wee bow tie big picture so yeah he does alright um, speaking of scary films we went to cinema on Sunday night and it was our first trip back to the cinema since um, since last year when the first sort of lockdown ended and then started again huh. um, went to the Odeon and we saw A Quiet Place too um, it was genuinely amazing it was proper good. Loads and loads of scary bits. Lisa's popcorn went flying in the air on a number of occasions. Um, but even if the film hadn't been that good, it was just cracking, just going to the cinema. I, I like going to the cinema, Jack. I kind of missed it during the whole pandemic. So sitting in there with popcorn and ice blast was bliss on Sunday night. Yeah, not a big cinema goer. Last time, last film I can remember going to see was a Christmas film a couple of years ago. Maybe something Daddy's Home or Daddy's Home 2 or some sort of shit. Oh, like that. Uh, yeah, John Cena was in it, yeah. Yeah. Wahlberg. Yeah. Um, the Trinity Killer. John something. Um, John Lithgow. John Lithgow, yeah. Yeah. We've got one of those Odeon Unlimited cards, so we did used to go at least once a week, um, so kind of missed it during the whole pandemic and been in the house. So, looking forward to kind of starting that back up regular again then. Well, that's it, man. Like, I've kind of thought about that in the past, getting a couple of them for me and Cam. Because if you go once a week, you're getting your money back. You know what I mean? Oh, if you go once a month, you're getting your money back, to be fair. Um, it, it just encourages you to go out and do something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, it'll be one of the few times that I sit. The cinema's probably the only time that I sit and give something mm-hmm. my full 100% concentration. Mm-hmm. In the house, it's always too easy to grab your phone and have a quick look at it or respond to a notification or do something else or talk. Whereas in the cinema, what you're watching does get your concentration, I think you take it in better and you appreciate it more. Yeah, for sure. Because if you whip your phone out, you're a wank. You're oh, in the cinema, you're the worst person in the world. The worst person out, man. Start doing that shit. Yeah. Um, I've got a story here about Costco and it's hot dogs. Right, okay. Um, the 
Costco, the hot dog has remained at $1.50 since it was first introduced in 1984. Right, so for as long as I've been alive, Costco has charged $1.50 for its hot dogs. Uh-huh. Um, the company president complained they were losing money on it, but the CEO, Jim Senegal, put his foot down and said, if you raise the price of the fucking hot dog, I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so that is why Costco has kept their hot dogs cheap. Um, the Costco cafe is fucking tremendous. Have you been to Costco recently or at all? I don't think I've ever stepped foot in it, no. Costco I'll never know. On you go. I was going to say, Costco's a bit like Disneyland for adults. Right? It's got everything in it. It's got loads of free samples, which are always pretty cool. And the cafe, when you're leaving, is cheap and the food's amazing. Right. I might need to go then. Um, I've, I've only I've ever known... I've seen you in. Yeah, I've only ever known people to go to, like, get stuff for buffets and stuff like that. Like, oh, better nip mm. to Costco. We've got a buffet to do or I need to get a fucking cake. Costco cakes, I've heard, or I think are pretty tasty. So, yeah. If you've got a card, mate, yeah, I'm going to to pop along at, at some point. Oh, this is going way back again to one guy with morals back in the day, William Whipple. He was one of the first 56 guys, or one of the 56 guys to sign the Declaration of Independence. Um, he then freed his slave, um, basically saying he believed that one cannot simultaneously fight for freedom and then hold another person in bondage, it says here, basically, but yeah, keep a slave. So he was a good guy, um, the only guy to do it. Meant, right? Well, he was, a, he was a good guy for somebody that still had a slave at one point, to be fair. Um, well, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I get that, yes. Big uh, takeaway from that, though, is the name William Whipple. Whipple? His, his, yeah. name, is, his name is Willie Whipple. Willie Whipple. <laughs> right, can you, imagine, you, can you imagine you were a slave, and you're at the slave market, and you're getting bought by all these people, and you get, you turn around to your slave pals and go, I've just been bought by fucking Willie Whipple. <laughs> oh, I've heard about that Willie Whipple, man. <laughs> so he does, just sit there. <laughs> I don't know where to sit there. And Whipple's Willie. Whipple's Willie, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. Right, um, a f- few more, um, four or five more, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, many doctors have stopped calling cancer treatment a fight or battle. Um, they argue that these terms misrepresent how treatment works, and if treatment fails, the patient, the patient basically is sort of left feeling a bit guilty and like having a false belief that they didn't fight hard enough, so they don't want to use those terms anymore. Oh, he had a long battle. They had a long fight against it. Doctors don't want to be using it because it puts guilt if the treatment doesn't work on the patients, which is fair enough. So I never knew that. Um, and I'll try not, that, use, I'll try that, not that use that still, term from now on, then, I suppose. Yeah. I would still always associate somebody's fighting cancer or battling cancer. I, would, I didn't know that wasn't a thing anymore. Um, I was certainly going back what six, seven years ago when my dad had cancer. Mm-hmm. That was how it was discussed then. Um, it's strange, but my dad had a, my dad had a type of cancer called Hodgkin's lymphoma, mm-hmm. and it's one of the only cancers that I think three years after it, you're actually classified as cured rather than in remission because it's one of the few that doesn't come back so much compared to the rest of them. Right, um, but all that stuff was always it was always battle and fight for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I suppose that it's not great terminology if it doesn't work, and you're 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 made to feel even worse at the end of it. Yeah, for sure. Here's one I can get behind, Jack. Everyone in Singapore above the age of twenty-one is automatically registered as an organ donor, 
opting out from this act resulting in you being put at the very bottom of the organ priority list should you ever need an organ transplant yourself. Yep. Um, I think that's, that's great. I think that's brilliant. I think that's fantastic. Uh, I'm well behind that. Um, I've got, I've, I've, I've got a donor card. Um, I'm not going anywhere with these things. I don't need them when I die. So fucking hell, let other people make, get benefit of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a really good way of running the system. Actually, I like that. It should be an opt out rather than opt in. It's much easier. It is opt out now. I think in, is it, in, in, in the UK is it? Pretty sure it is. I man. I'm pretty sure there was post came through not that long ago. Sort of basically saying that I was on the dog, the organ, <laughs> the organ donor list. Um, since I was old enough to do it myself, yeah, I just signed up for it straight away. So I presume they've got that on record, and if I die, there better not be any of my family saying, no, don't do that, because, you know, you just take it out, cut me up. If yeah. I, can save I, I was on it for everything, apart from my eyes. That was the only thing I didn't want to lose, but my eyes are so fucking bad, they wouldn't be any use to anybody anyway, yeah. to be absolutely. fair. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely no use. Um, you've heard absolutely. the term, like, military grade? Like it's been like yeah, military grade strength vodka or something. Yeah, like the, the cellotape is military grade or something. Yeah, like material on or glue. Yeah, in the actual military, military grade means it meets the bare minimum requirements of durability while also costing the least. Shut up. Yeah, so if they get military grade weapons, it's the the cheapest, and it's only just durable enough. Just about do the job. Yes. That's it. So that's military grade yeah. in the military. Yeah. Uh, that's toy. a total. Yeah, that's a toy that's fooled everybody. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's quite interesting. It would take three hundred and seventy-five thousand Lego bricks stacked one on top of another to destroy the bottom brick. <laughs> um, the tower would be nearly twelve thousand feet tall. That's amazing. So that's the kind of weight that that can sustain. Something all like. Built up. Something like a ton per square inch it can stand up to, or something like that. I'm pretty sure, yeah. That's amazing. Before it breaks, yeah. There's eleven thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. You wee guy at the bottom would be like, "No, <laughs> I'm holding <laughs> on, motherfuckers." Yeah, and then you just destroy it, breaks the camel's back, and that is it. And the wee guy at the bottom just breaks. The North Star. Um, that if it's a star you can see basically most of the time because it's the brightest, four thousand times bigger than the sun. And the light left at 434 years ago. So, the light you're seeing yeah. from it, yeah, it's 430. You're looking into the past, basically. They always say that, like when you see a star. Um, so that may have blown up. I presume that they would know if it was blown up, but we wouldn't know it until 434 years. That hurts my head. That sort of, that sort of maths and that sort of understanding just hurt my head. Uh-huh. There's a... At the time of recording, there's an eclipse tonight, Jack. don't know if you're into that. There's an eclipse happening tonight at some point. Um, I'm, I remember the sort of famous eclipse from, I want to say about 98 or something. Like, it was a full, a full eclipse. Yeah. And it was pretty cloudy that day, if I remember right, in Glasgow. Because we were all outside trying to look at it. Not directly, but uh, it was pretty cloudy. So it was pretty shit. Oh, I've got some bad news. What? It was at 10 o'clock this morning and I missed it. Okay, I was out with the dog at about 10 o'clock. It was 10.08 this morning was a solar eclipse, apparently. Was it? I'm sure I was out with Doug. It was roasting. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um, solar eclipse, apparently. Missed it. Mm. Damn it. Oh, well. Right. Five minutes. 
H.P. Lovecraft, this is a guy that you watched his recent TV show. Well, yeah, it's another really one he done, but <laughs> the one that he wrote the book about. Um, he never made, literally fucking never made a penny as an author, and his last book was The Shadow Over Innsmouth, uh, written one year before his death, sold 200 copies, and he died in poverty at the age of 46. So, not a successful writer until after his death, basically. Poor guy. Yeah, it must be frustrating as fuck that, like, not even just the financial thing, but just not seeing the merits of your work and people appreciating you and then you die and you're not here to then people actually catch on to you. Yeah. That would proper suck. Suck balls, yes. Um, here's a strange one. Um, vets kill themselves, Jack, at rates two and a half to three and a half times the general population. Um, due in part to the online trolling and threats from pet owners who blame them for the death of a pet and the fact that they've also got easy access to lethal medicine, uh, medicines. Yeah, kind of. Kind of get. I thought it would just have been because it would just be so sad being a vet all the time. Like, you must love animals, and then they're just sick all the time. You only see sick animals. You don't see that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you've got. I suppose. I presume almost every vet has got a dog or something at home. But like, yeah, that's all you deal with is just poor pets dying, man. Like, Charlie wasn't that long ago, and he had a lump in his leg. And the the vet was like, oh, it could be quite serious, but we need to send away for a biopsy. And I just, like, I was fucked, man. I was, like, I was in tears for hours after it, like, just worrying. Um, and it, it came to nothing. It was just a, a malignant lump or something like it, which was fucking brilliant, which was superb. But, yeah, that worry waiting for a week, just, like, what's, what's going to happen here? Um, awful. Uh, yeah, I follow I was, a little monkey on TikTok. A wee monkey called George the Monkey. And he's a domesticated monkey. He lives with a family. And they treat him like their child, basically. And he died yesterday um, because they took him to the vet to get his teeth looked at. There was a wee issue with some of his teeth. And mm-hmm. the vet basically gave him too much anaesthetism or knocked him out right. too much. And he never came back round. That's a shame, man. Like, I quite like those wee videos of George the Monkey. But Talking about monkeys, me. there's monkeys in Japan that used to like, sort of wash their sweet potatoes in fresh water to sort of clean them. And then they found that there was, like, salt water around the corner or whatever and started to wash them in there because it's theorised that they liked a little bit of salt in their potatoes. Salt in their potato. Yeah. Did you know that um, they found a monkey in Campus Lang train station this week? <laughs> <laughs> what? No. <laughs> Genuinely. Oh, no, we talked. Right, okay. <laughs> no, it was, I'm not even making a joke. It was in the news this week. They found a monkey at Campus Lang train station. Like, I'm not sure how it... <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just standing on the on the platform. Um, I don't know if it was waiting for a train or not, but it, they found a monkey. Um, I, I think it was somebody's pet that escaped, and it found its way to Campus Line train station. See, I miss all this because I don't read the news anymore at all. <laughs> I haven't in year, like the last year or so. I just don't read the news, so I miss all this stuff. So, no, I never knew that um, at all. Yeah. Right, three more, and then we'll wrap it up. Medieval monks, okay. then. Uh, they would fast for religious reasons, and would sometimes just get pissed on the old beer because it didn't count as food, basically. So, good. <laughs> like fair enough. Yes, fair enough. Yeah. Um, um, there was a hairless cyclops deformed piglet that was stillborn in 1642, and it looked so much like a local man called George Spencer that he was brought before a magistrate on suspicion of unnatural relations. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> he he confessed and recanted, but ultimately he was hung and the mother pig was put to the sword. So this guy, George Spencer, hmm. banned got a, pig. Of a pig. No, he got accused of fucking oh. a pig. <laughs> but he must have got the pig pregnant. No, he didn't. <laughs> of course he didn't fucking... Sh- <laughs> Just because it, it looked like him. So they went, right, that's Big George who's been shagging that pig. But he was found guilty. <laughs> oh no. Right. I, I don't know what to say. This was back in <laughs> 1642. Fuck up. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. George is constantly <laughs> I feel sorry for the mother pig, man. Wasn't it Like, she couldn't have agreed to it even if George was right now. So, why did she. Why did she get poor piglets? She's probably screwing like a pig. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. That's just our fair now, mate. Well done. Like, we spoke about rats before. This is just to wrap it up and how sort of um, smart they can be. If you put a rat in water, it will drown in a few minutes because they feel hopeless. I don't know how they. I don't know how they give it a sense of hope, but if they manage to give it a sense of hope that it will be rescued, it can last for days. I feel like at the end of Titanic with that bit of plank of wood in it. I don't <laughs> fucking know how they do these these things. Like I don't know how you can, <laughs> you can give a rat a sense of hope that somebody's coming. You put maybe a like they put, tiny boat dead far away. Maybe they get two buckets right, and they put one rat in the bucket, and they go, "Ha, <laughs> you're fucked." And then they put another rat in another bucket, and say, "You'll be all right, pal. Don't you worry." I think, it, I think it is just a, a wee bit of come that's on, you can do it. Yeah, Go you'll on. be okay. Yeah. Help is coming. Then it's uh, well, you're fucked, and that one just starts drowning. Yeah, yeah, scientists. I don't know why they would fucking do that in the hospitals. <laughs> Poor rats, uh, they get it raw. They do a lot of shit with rats. I don't really know why they do it. I watched a thing the other night where they had rats, and they do the landmine. They look for landmines basically, um, because they're too light to set them off because they only weigh like two pounds. But they're really mm. good at sniffing the TNT. So they put them out in the landmine fields and they stop and they sniff them. And that's how the people don't die. They send the rats out yeah. and they do a good job. But they so come when they see the rats the... sniffing, they just throw a stone or something to set it off? I, I, I don't know if they just throw a stone, but um, <laughs> they, they don't go over and stand on it themselves by accident. Yeah, um, But the rats can only work for one hour a day. So that's a pretty cushy job if you're a rat man. A one hour a day and then up the road. Oh. Yeah. Lazy bastards. Lazy, lazy bastards. That's it. Right, we'll call it a day, man. And, um, as always, cheers, Colin. Absolute pleasure, mate. That was good. Today I learned lots of things. Yeah, I learned lots of things as well. And we will be back with you tomorrow, if you've took the free trial. And if not, we'll speak to you next week. Cheers. Bye. Browse only the best pods in the best network. Quite the thing media.com. <laughs>